Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We're talking Superflex Keepers Dynasty trades and 2022 auction approaches on Roto Viz Radio. What's up, Roto Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Dave Cabin. This will be another solo podcast. I am recording this on Monday evening. Spoke with Curtis earlier in the day. He apologizes that he has to miss another episode, but has guaranteed that going forward, his availability for the summer and the season will be a lot more wide open. He and I are going to get together Tuesday night to record and episode that will come out on Wednesday and then we should be back for another uh, duo podcast that will come out on Friday. Good thing is though, I asked for questions. I asked for listeners to let me know what they're curious about. And we had a couple of people come through. Um, I got back to some of you via email, but there was two uh, questions that I thought would make for good topics to talk about on the show tonight. Uh, so we will talk about uh, a super flex keeper situation. Uh, we have a listener that's curious about maybe trading, uh, making some moves that involve a 2023 first. And then also I've been getting fair amount of questions, just kind of general uh, auction type questions. So I'm just going to share a couple of thoughts on that. But before we can talk about those, let's uh, do a quick... <laughs> FFPC stat attack. Now today's FFPC stat attack comes courtesy of the Rotoviz Win the Flex tool created by our editor in chief Blair Andrews, who does it all. Uh, it's a really cool tool, but what I looked at in it tonight was over the last five seasons, I just wanted to get a sense of the drop-off in points per game. Um moving in increments of six at the quarterback position. And you'll see why that's going to be relevant in a minute. Uh, but the quarterback in the last five years with the number one overall, the ADP is averaging around 22 points per game. QB six by ADP is averaging around 20.5. Tra uh, 
The quarterback 12, which in FFPC scoring right now on ADP is Trey Lance is 18.4. Then we drop down to 18, around 16. And then finally 24, we drop around, around uh, we drop down to around 13. So we can see that there's a pretty big fall off uh, between the QB 12 and the QB 24, not as dramatic of a fall off between the QB 1 in the QB 12. Generally, what we see is that you have a range of maybe six or so points between the quarterback 17 or 18 and the first uh, quarterback taken off the board with things pretty concentrated uh, quarterbacks, maybe like one through eight. And we're going to get to a question that that is going to be useful to know as we think about how we answer it. Again, that was today's FFPC stat attack. Do make sure that you go to myffpc.com. Drafts are starting to fill up. If you want to get in the main event, you should definitely do that. Funnest contest in all of Dynasty. Uh, I highly recommend playing in a couple of uh, Football Guys Players Championship drafts. Those are a, a, a lower price point to get in on, but they're always really competitive, fun leagues. Drafts are normally uh, really, really strong, have a lot of fun in them. So check those. And then, of course, all of the Dynasty Leagues. Um, and again, that has been today's FFPC Stat Attack. All right, let's get to some listener questions here. Um I thought that these were ones that uh, are pretty interesting and hopefully have some applications across leagues. So um, th- this first one is uh, an interesting one because it's about an 18, excuse me, an eight team league, which we do not get a lot of questions on. Uh, but here goes. Hey, Dave and Curtis, big fans of the show. Uh, my name's Adam from York, Pennsylvania, big Green Bay Packers fan. I have a question for my eight-man Superflex Keeper League. I'm pretty set on uh, going with Burrow at an eight-round cost. Uh, The lineup's pretty shallow. I start two running backs, two wide receivers, and two regular flex. I was going to go with Jonathan Taylor at a round two cost, but then I landed the number one pick this year. So I was wondering if it's a little bit of a, a 2023 arbitrage play to go Javante Williams at a round nine cost. And then follow-up to that is, who would you draft at the 1.01? Thanks so much, guys. Okay, so I enjoyed this question for a number of reasons, but mainly because there's a lot of options that this listener has here. So, uh, Adam, the way that I interpret this, I would probably have some follow-ups, but I just want to... My understanding is that you're only getting one keeper in this league, you're keeping them at where you would have drafted them before. Um, and as a result of that, because you have the 101 to frame this question, essentially what is happening here is you're either going to keep, um, you're keeping one of these players and then you have the 101. So in theory, you could actually have two of these players if you were so inclined So I think that your initial reaction here was well thought out. I think in a league like this, which is 
comprised of eight teams. And in this case, you're going to have 16 quarterbacks. I think it's important that you keep Burrow and that you have that quarterback on your roster and then be on that. Try to get two of those top 16 quarterbacks because we can see that there is a substantial fall off that's going to happen. And with the roster sizes in this league, uh, as you mentioned, the lineups are pretty shallow. As a result of that, those quarterback points are a pretty high percentage. I think that you're going to want to have those two solid quarterbacks. So my reaction here would be that you, with that in mind, need to keep Burrow. But the other way that I would approach this in my mind, generally, is thinking about if I don't keep a player, what are the chances that I would be able to approximate something similar to this player at that point in the draft. And then what I could approximate is that something I would really want. Uh, I would also think in this case about the different paths that you could go. So if you were to keep say, uh, John, if you kept, or well, okay. Right. I guess you, the way I would think, all right. So if you didn't keep, I'm trying to think of an easy way to say this, but you could think about the combinations of players that you would have too. Like if you have Burrow and Adams, what are your first couple of rounds going to look like? And it's great that you're getting Adams late, but I would say that keeping in mind, you have the one Oh one. Um, if you kept Adams, you would have to use the one one on Burrow or another quarterback. Then things are going to go away from you for a number of picks. Your odds of getting that other uh, strong quarterback really subside uh you know same thing in the burrow taylor convention and then if you did um taylor and adams things would get even trickier to some degree with getting the quarterback now some of this though assumes that i'm imagining a lot of people are keeping their quarterbacks if i'm wrong on that and you see a way that things could flow in the draft that would still allow you to get two of those let's say maybe like top 14 quarterbacks. I think um, in my mind, there's probably 12 to 14, maybe 15 quarterbacks that you can feel pretty solid about falling into all a similar range, uh, of course, with some tiers in there. So the other thing that I would say you could do to analyze this even further, because I think that I would have to have a little bit of an idea of the makeup of some of these other teams and who you're expecting them to keep and with the way that things flow, um, if all of those quarterbacks could potentially be expired by the time that things get back to you, if you'd be playing a game of chicken there, so to speak, that would be important, but you could actually map this out in the draft dashboard, which I was going to try to do here. Um, you could workshop how things would look in all of these configurations. Um, but not knowing more about the keepers, it's hard to do, but what you could do is, you could go into the draft dashboard. You could set the keepers in this league, assign them to each team, assign your keepers, um, and then just do an experiment with this of who you take with the first pick um, each time. So I guess, though, um, my answer to your question would be that you're going to keep Burrow and then with the first pick, I think that you do go ahead and you'd hopefully take, you get lucky and there's a really good quarterback there for you. Maybe one of these other teams passes on it. Um, you'd have to see, uh, if it's looking like things could get around back to you, I, I think with the first pick, I probably would take, um, would take Taylor. Um, then you're getting burrow in, 
in round eight. I think that's probably a pretty solid start, but um, keeping in mind that you're going to want to try to get that you're going to want two of those top quarterbacks. You could try out these different configurations in the draft dashboard, which is a pretty cool uh, use of the tool. So hopefully that gives you some food for fodder here, but I think you're probably going to be looking at Burrow and then the best quarterback that is around when you get on the board. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right, this brings us to a dynasty question. Hey, Dave, what's up, Rotoviz? It's Nick from PA. Uh, I've got a question for you regarding first round 2023 picks. Um, I made a series of deals. I think I'm contending this year, but my RB1 and 2 are kind of thin. Uh, i got Montgomery and ETN. I'm thinking about move in Montgomery in one of those 2023 firsts for a more secure RV, but I wanted to know your thoughts on mortgaging one of those picks and should I do it? And if so, what type of player should I be targeting to get production this year, but also some longevity pass this year? Thanks. Okay. So my first thought on this is that uh, awesome that you're contending that's all good. You say that your RB1 and RB2 are kind of thin in that you have Montgomery and ETN. I actually don't know if that's really that thin. It kind of depends on the context of the rest of your roster. If you're solid at wide receiver, which if you're a listener of the show and a Rotoviz consumer here, you probably, excuse me, you probably are pretty good at wide receiver. In which event, I would say that, you know, maybe it doesn't matter that much that you're thin there. Uh, But if we think about making a trade and we think about how you could do that, I think that there's going to be a couple of roadblocks toward your goal here about getting a player that is going to have production this year and some longevity past this year. And the real reason why is if we start looking... And I'm just going to go pull up the dynasty rankings here that we have on the site. Because what I think we're going to find is if we look through some of these names, finding running backs that exist out there right now in the dynasty space that are expected to, and you could count on to have production this year and then have some longevity. I'm not sure that there's a whole ton of those guys around right now. Obviously with one of those guys And at 2023 first, you're not going to get a Jonathan Taylor. I would say that maybe you could try to move one of those guys for Brees Hall. I think that that, even though we don't know that much about Brees Hall yet, 
is a move that we would make given how good we feel about Brees Hall at Rotoviz. I doubt you're going to be able to make that happen. So somebody like DeAndre Swift or Javante Williams are probably next in line. I honestly don't know that, especially if I'm contending this year, that I would make the move. Well, keeping in mind that you're contending this year, I don't know that DeAndre Swift or Javante Williams or somebody like that is necessarily going to make you win this year if you get them on your team. I think that it's very possible for Williams, and I also think that he has um, some potential. So if you could get the move done for 2023 first and one of those guys for Javante Williams, yeah, I think I would do it. Um, You know, other players that you could look at here, Najee Harris, but the thing is, I'm not sure that the Najee Harris manager is going to take David Montgomery in a 2023 first, especially if you're a contender for Najee Harris. Uh, You know, given the way that we've ranked these players out on the site, that doesn't seem like something that would be likely to happen. Uh, For example, we have Harris in a tier three evaluation right now with tier three being a one round one and one round two type of player. So you'd probably have to add something else in there. Um, If we're looking for other players that look like they'd have some longevity and could contribute this year, you know, I'm not really sure if you think that Saquon Barkley has that much longevity. Um, You know, Cam Akers at this point, there's a lot of questions with Joe Mixon, I don't think is the type of player where there's a lot of longevity. I read down this list and I'm not sure that there's many players that are that differentiated from ETN or Montgomery. You know, ETN is very high in our dynasty rankings right now. He is an RB positional ranking of six. J.K. Dobbins would maybe be a player that you could consider. So I guess to answer this, I would not be opposed with you going to making the move. I think, though, there's only a limited number of players that you're going to be able to get this done with. And I'm not sure that you're not going to have to spend a lot more. So those players, you know, you could think about DeAndre Swift. You could think about Javante Williams, maybe J.K. Dobbins, Najee Harris. I think those are the type of guys you'd want to target. You're probably going to have to add a little bit more into that mix. And I think you're going to have to think about whether or not it really moves the needle that much for you this year to also give away that 2023 first. Uh, In my mind, it's probably unlikely that would happen of the players that I've mentioned Um, for this year. I think some people would disagree with me, but I still might be the most interested in Najee Harris. I think that I'd be willing to give up um, one of those players and maybe around one and around two, you know, given the way that we've ranked things out. That's what I would consider. Um, I do think that it's fair that, uh, you know, you could go for another one of those guys that I mentioned if, if you prefer them. Um, but I'm not sure that you need to make this move. I'm not sure that it really pushes things over for you. I guess the final piece of this is if we pop over to the Rotoviz redraft rankings, knowing that I'm a little bit higher on Harris than other folks might be out there. Let's just take a quick look at running back and I can kind of round things off. And I know that when I'm answering some of these questions, 
I'm kind of going through the thought process while I'm answering them, but I think that that's a helpful exercise for listeners out there. Um, what you will see though, if you look in our rankings, uh, for redraft for this year, currently we have Najee Harris as tier two, Deandre Swift as tier two, uh, Javante Williams is in tier three. ETN is in tier three. So, you know, that's probably not a move that you would really want to make in that regard. Uh, Dobbins is actually behind um, ETN. You have David Montgomery sliding into a tier six spot with guys like Zeke, AJ Dillon, Elijah Mitchell. So I would also keep that in mind. You know, if you're making the move from Montgomery to Dobbins, given our redraft tiers, you're only moving up one tier. Um, so it's a matter of what you'd be able to get. I think the guys that are above ETN that would have that mix of longevity and production this year that you're looking for, you're probably not going to be able to get unless you added in ETN and a couple of picks trying to get swift, but I don't think it would be worth it in that case. So feel free to ask us a couple more questions as you're going through that process of trying to make that move. But those are my high level thoughts. And this brings us to the final question, which is I keep getting general questions, which are great, just about auctions. Um, really, they're often focused on pricing. Now, the thing is, I've done a lot of work on auctions on the site. I'm hoping that I can get out an auction strategy guide for this year. Of course, it's already August 15th. But the thing is, I have done these for so many years and what I always tell people is what really matters is the overall strategy um, and getting your mind in the right frame of reference, if you will, when you're in an auction. I lay out how to do all of that uh, in the strategy guide and I've done a number of podcasts a couple of years ago. Uh, Dr. Jeff Budoff and I did an auction series. You can still find it on Rotoviz Radio. That will pretty much tell you everything that you need to know. The uh, auction strategy guides that I've done that are on the site for the last maybe four or five years will pretty much tell you everything that you need to know. I get asked a lot about pricing, and one of the things I talk about in those guides is that you really shouldn't focus that much on pricing or trying to go into your draft with a list of prices. I really break this down in more depth um, in those pieces and on those podcasts, but the, the idea really is that a lot of pricing that you see online uh, is for a specific format where there's specific roster sizes. Dollar values are going to change if your league is starting many more players and you're spreading that same $200 across many more players. Everything changes. Uh, number of flex spots can change things. Uh, the particular people that you're in with your draft can really change things. Now, no, normally it's it's somewhat anchored to a site, but what you really should be focusing on is just how you would react if players fall into different pools of pricing. Um, and there's some things that you can do to anticipate how that would work that I'm not going to go into now. But my point would be, if you're trying to prepare for an auction, I would focus much less on trying to come up with the particular prices uh, the worst thing that I see is when people create these hard and fast price rules saying, all right, like in this draft, if Javante Williams goes for X amount of dollars, then I'll go for him. But the second he passes over that, I can no longer go for him. Uh, 
that is a great way to ruin your draft because you're working on assumptions that don't really hold. Pricing can be very different than those ones that you set. There, there could be a couple of people that are very aggressive in your draft that are going to shift how things go early, which will move the prices later on in the draft. So understanding those things um, and anticipating how you're going to react to different ways that the auction could flow are much more important. And um, there's some like economic rules of supply and demand that I touch upon that you can kind of use to help frame how some of those things might play out. The other piece um, of general advice that I'm getting asked is how would I approach an auction this year? Um, now to get a, like to get a general idea, it's okay to look at prices. Like you can go to ESPN right now. You can look at average auction values to look at the disparity between players at a position or across positions. I'm just saying you don't want to go in with hard and fast values. But like now, if I look, I see that a, on ESPN, somebody like Cooper cup is going for $55. You have Tyree kill normally going at $35. So that's a pretty large Delta. The way I, from looking at some of these prices, the way I think I would approach it this year, given the way that players are kind of getting tiered in auction values, I would probably focus on getting somebody like a Saquon Barkley and then maybe like a Tyreek Hill, a CD Lamb, and maybe like a Keenan Allen or a Mike Williams, Jalen Waddle. Some players in those range, AJ Brown, Michael Pittman, that type of spot. So I'm probably trying to get like four of those wide receivers and Saquon Barkley and then maybe be able to hit. Um, honestly, though, if you hold off a little bit, you can even get Mike Williams or Deontay Johnson in there. So there's a couple of different avenues that you could go. I'm probably looking to somehow get Barkley and then maybe five top level when I say top level, I mean maybe like tier two or three wide receivers on the team. That's the way that I would go after things this year. So I'm probably passing on the Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase type of tier. Um, there might be, depending on your league, a couple other wide receivers that go in that range. Maybe Adams, Debo Samuel, maybe even Diggs. But I think that you're going to see a mixture of Lamb, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen-ish players going at a spot where you can manage to get two of them and then maybe like a Deontay Johnson Juju and a um, Mike Williams mix, something like that, and then still maybe even be able to get Saquon to hold down your running back crew and go from there. That would be my general approach this year. Uh, but I do think that, uh, you know, if you're interested in in getting a better sense of that overall approach, um Get on the Google search Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I think it's something like everything you need to know about auctions or something like that. You'll get some results. And then, of course, you could check out the strategy guide. All right. Curtis and I will be back tomorrow. Big thank you to those gentlemen that sent in their questions. Please call in with questions. Give us your bold predictions and anything else that comes to mind. Uh, Curtis and I have talked about, we do sometimes Curtis gets a lot of questions on bourbon. Um, I get questions related to stats and modeling and stuff. Uh, we've talked about it. It would be fun at some point to just do an episode where we feel questions that don't need to be fantasy related. Um, 
feel free to send those over too. And maybe we'll compile them and do an episode on that at some point. All right. We will be back tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.